0: Welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities. And today's guest is no exception. April is Parkinson's Disease Awareness Month, and my guest today is Deb Pollock, founder of Drive Toward a Cure. Deb, a publicist for boutique restoration house Singer Vehicle Design, is both a convertible car gal and a Porsche loyalist, equally loving both her 996 C4 cab and her replica 57 Speedster. Over the past three decades, she's represented small car companies with big names, including Mitsubishi Motors, GM, Ferrari, and Maserati. A philanthropist at heart since 2008, she's teamed Cars and Camaraderie to support the challenges of Parkinson's disease, most notably as founder of Drive Toward a Cure, a nationally recognized nonprofit charity dedicated to finding a cure. Hi, Deb. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Chad? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'd like to before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from?
1: Oh gosh. Yeah, (laughs) sure, sure. Okay. I uh I I currently live in Los Angeles. I've I've been here for most of my life. I grew up in New York in Rockland County Mm -hmm. as a child, you know, during the sixties and seventies. And um and then when I was twelve we drove across country. And came out to uh, to live in California, where all of my dad's side of the family was.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: we took a nice road trip across country. And I've been here pretty much ever since. My my husband and I took a, a little less than a year before my son was born. And uh, for business reasons, we had moved back east and lived in New Jersey for a short while. And then and then we came back to California. So we've been here for quite some time.
0: Oh, cool. Um, is there a big difference living in New York as opposed to living on the west coast? Do you find Well, I mean aside aside, aside from, from the, the weather, weather <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, aside from the weather I, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I miss
1: being on the East Coast is probably family. I've got I've got mm. a lot, a lot of family relationships that are all back there. But thankful for my business that allows me to travel so much, mm-hmm. um, oh. except during this past year. But, right. but previously, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I I try to mix business with pleasure and make sure that I um, kick in and see those family every time I come back east. So that makes it kind of nice. Cool. Keeps me bi-coastal.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so you started working. In international public relations in your twenties, and got introduced to the car industry. Were you interested in that industry? Um, I think I think when I was when I was in my
1: early twenties, I don't think I really looked for which industry per se I wanted to really play a role in. Mm-hmm. So it kind of fell in my hands. Mm. I think I've always been a car person, and I've always enjoyed cars. Mm-hmm. I had an older brother, so. You know, you get you get tuned into things at an early age. Huh. You know, I remember, you know, even even on the East Coast, I, I kind of tease that my brother may actually be the reason why I know cars so well, because oh, really? okay. as a child, we as a child, we, we used to go every single Sunday to visit my grandmother uh, for for dinner and and, and to visit and to see our family, mm-hmm. and it was it was a long drive. You know, when you're a kid, 45 minutes in the car is a long time, uh-huh. and and we'd sit in the back seat and no seatbelts then, you know, a long oh, time yeah. ago, yeah. and and we'd look out, and, and my brother would quiz me on, oh, on what cars really? you'd see on the road, and if I didn't get it right, you know, I got a slug in the arm. So, <laughs> so I learned every car that there was wow. at an early age, and I really started to notice them, huh. you know, and as I got older, you know, I guess it kind of stuck with me. Wow, that's so, really
0: cool. So I yeah, mean- <laughs> and then and
1: then when I worked in the agency, they they immediately put me on a new piece of business, which at the time was Mitsubishi Motors, mm-hmm. and um and that was back in the eighties and, and the good days of of that of that particular brand, mm-hmm. and and I stayed working at that agency for seventeen years and and wow. worked with that business and really got got into the industry and getting to know you know how it works who kind of works with it and, and getting to know as a publicist media all throughout the country mm. and, and really extending relationships.
0: Wow. Okay. And then you started working for Ferrari and Maserati. Now, how did that come about? Well, uh, when I, when I left
1: the agency, um, I had, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily planning to leave the agency, you know, agencies grow
2: mm-hmm. and
1: things change and we were bought by a much larger international powerhouse and, they let go of um, a good deal of the senior people throughout the United States, and mm-hmm. I was one of the ones who got let go. Wow. And I didn't really know where to go because I had never really looked for a job in all those years and never mm-hmm. really interviewed. And I was fortunate because a recruiter called me oh. and um, flew, flew me out to the East Coast and um, to meet with the folks there. And while Ferrari is such an exciting brand name and an icon, what really excited me most was um, was the ties to Maserati, mm. which at the time um, Ferrari was helping Maserati enter the, re-enter actually the United States again. And so for me, it was very exciting to be part of a small company with a big name mm-hmm. and helping them establish their roots and and starting out and you know marketing endeavors there. So wow. that was kind of how it happened. And I was fortunate because. I didn't have to um, go back to New Jersey again. I was able to to stay in, in Los Angeles at home and travel as needed. So mm. it, it worked out well.
0: So prior to that Maserati was not being I guess publicized in the states. It was mostly it was mostly Well, literally?
1: it was it was it was a brand. It was an international brand, right. but it wasn't really um, it had stopped selling in the United States for quite some time, oh. and they were re-entering the dealership market and, and all of those things. So it was really a wonderful time to come on board and help present something exciting, mm-hmm. um, and that was becoming new again.
0: That's cool. Okay, so, all right, so you're the founder of Drive Toward a Cure. So can you tell me what your foundation is about?
1: Yes, yes, I can. It's a, it's a real passion of mine. Um it's a uh we are a 501c3 foundation that raises funds and brings awareness to those that are challenged by Parkinson's disease. Mm-hmm. And for me it's it's quite a personal thing because I unfortunately lost my mom to Parkinson's in 2006. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. And
1: yeah. uh yeah, but but you know Things happen, and, and, and you learn, and you grow, and, and you meet all kinds of people through all kinds of things, and, and I've always been a thro- philanthropic person at heart, mm. and because of the challenges she went through, I I noticed a lot more of what was going on in the world of Parkinson's, and I was able, through my career in, in the car industry, to merge cars and camaraderie together
2: mm. and
1: to start programs that could help people that were car enthusiasts Mm -hmm. open up their mind and their hearts to those that were challenged by Parkinson's. And that kind of began for me as a volunteer in 2000, I think it was 2008 Mm -hmm. when I was still working with Ferrari and Maserati. Mm -hmm. And there was a gentleman um, by the name of Phil Hill, who was America's first Formula One champion. Mm -hmm. And Phil had um, driven for Maserati in Uh his youth, and Uh for Ferrari, and and been a big part of their legacy, and I knew him through Ferrari and Maserati, and he also was challenged by Parkinson's, Mm. and he was participating in a fundraising weekend program that was in Northern California, so I brought Ferrari and Maserati into the mix to be a sponsor and to get involved to support what Phil was supporting, but internally for me, Mm -hmm. it was also supporting Parkinson's, so... It was kind of like the reason why I wanted to make that happen. And then when Phil passed away, we decided to continue uh, through some efforts with Maserati and through this separate charity to do some programs. And and I thought, well, gosh, why don't we do a one-day drive?
2: Mm. And
1: in this area in Northern California where this event was being held, they had a weekend of events that included a uh, a black Thai, you know, gala dinner, Mm -hmm. and they did a car show on the street, but they Mm -hmm. weren't doing anything that was interactive. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, you're in a a very wealthy residential community with a lot of car people and a lot of car collectors up in the Walnut Creek area of Northern California. We should do something interactive so these people get involved in another way. Mm -hmm. And so we started a one-day drive that would go from the Bay Area, the East Bay Area up to Napa and do lunch at a winery and we capped it at 50 cars and it was everything from vintage to exotic cars and um and it was very successful the first year out we raised about fifty thousand dollars because we brought in dealerships with high-end cars to participate and to become sponsors as well as the enthusiasts that could participate and that program has gone on now for about 10 years Wow. And every year they go to a different winery and they raise funds for, for Parkinson's. Mm. And through that, the, the people that I met kept mm-hmm. saying, why don't you do a weekend? This is so much fun. Why really? don't we do a bigger drive? From one day to a weekend. That's and, and, awesome. Yeah. And, and I was too busy. I was, I was working <laughs> full time. I, I, couldn't, I just couldn't think about getting it together. Mm. But I'd come back and volunteer each year. And then in 2016, my mom would have been gone 10 years and it was... It was, uh, she would have been turning 90.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: thought, if I don't do something special to honor her now, I never will. Mm-hmm. And that was really the beginning of saying, I want to go out officially, start a 501c3 and see if I can make this work. And that was the beginning of Drive Toward a Cure. Wow. And we started a, a four-day, three-night program. And we've done, we've done four or five of them since. and And it's just grown exponentially through there with groups and organizations and one day programs and people throughout the country that have supported us. So it's it's been quite special.
0: That's amazing. So uh, I read that you literally had no money when you started this. So how did you get people to, uh, how were you able to get this off the ground? (laughs) You know, it's pretty amazing and I I think it's amazing. (laughs) What an amazing way to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to raise,
1: raise funds. funds, yeah. Well, you know, being in the car community and,
0: and especially being on the PR side,
1: I, I had many years of experience of product launches, mm. um, which are, are really, you know, multi-day programs where where media come out and they test drive cars and mm-hmm. you wine them and you dine them and mm-hmm. you show off what you want to show off. And mm-hmm. I thought, how can we apply that to a fundraising opportunity? And if we did a program that was a multi-day ride and drive so to Mm -hmm. speak Mm -hmm. but invite invite enthusiasts to come and and we opened it up and we additionally invited uh the the manufacturers if they wanted to take a slot Mm -hmm. and that way they could promote a new car and they could ask a journalist to drive in it so we raised money on both sides and we also got our credibility because the journalists that attended not only promoted the new vehicle that they were driving, but Uh they promoted the event and our cause. And so that gave us some national recognition. And since then, we were able to start getting stories and publications and start seeding it out through social media. And we kept those at only 35, 36 cars, because if you get Mm. too many more, it's not as intimate and it's not as personal of an approach. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful part is, is that we've done these things in various parts of the country and we have, which I'd like to say our drive toward a care alumni that mm. are returning to us and coming on these drives again and again. And then our last one, we did a drive in Yosemite and oh, we wow. went from, we had, we had folks that came from 10 different States oh. and, and a handful of them were all people that had been with us before. That's so cool. it's, it's been a really wonderful experience. And, and then in addition to the money that we raised through the registration fees, you know, separate from obviously our costs, mm-hmm. we also have a raffle and an auction that goes on that weekend and that becomes a big money raiser for us. That's and so really cool. the drives themselves become profitable and that's, and, and yeah, the first year I did it, I didn't have a penny uh-huh. and I went to, I went to my friends in the media and I said, can you help me promote this? Can you help me put it out? And there were a couple of wonderful, Outlets like Sports Car Market Magazine, which has been a, a great partner for us, they they gave us an ad right away, mm. and um, and that's really how it started because the first call I got, you know, I I, I had no money, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't even know how I was going to pay the deposits,
2: mm. you know, for
1: the hotel and for everything that we needed. I thought I. I stupidly thought the registrations will take care of that. <laughs> but all of a sudden there's a deadline looming and you don't have enough registrations. And you're like, what am I going to do? Right. And, and that the first ad came out and I got a phone call from a gentleman who, uh, who said, I just saw your ad in, in, in sports car market magazine. And I'm thinking this, this looks like a really fun program. And I said, thank you.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: he said, I'm from, I'm from Southern California. And, and and the background on this very first drive, another another foolish thing on my part, mm. just being the optimistic soul I was, uh-huh. uh, not only can I do a first drive, but I'm going to have it start in two different places in California, <laughs> and we're going to meet in the middle. <laughs> oh, so we essentially had two drives coming into one for the rest of the weekend,
2: wow. and
1: uh And we started at two different automotive museums, one in Northern California, one in Southern California, and did this great drive in the middle. And we ended up in Paso Robles and we had a weekend of, of wining and dining and seeing the wineries and doing other drives. So it all worked out. But, but while I was thinking about it, sure, that sounds fun. (laughs) I'm not going to worry about logistics, right? So, so this guy called me and he says, he said, you know, I think it sounds really great. My wife and I would like to do it. And. And I've got this wonderful car. It's a, it's a 1960 vintage Porsche 356. It's a Super 90. And and for those that don't know, it's a just very particular vintage race car that happens to be one of my favorite cars in the world. Mm. And um, it's just a, a fun, happy little car. And um and in its racing days and in the vintage world, the 356s had their own class, and they had a lot of fun. Mm. And he said that he's got this car, and my eyes lit up, that he wanted to bring. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I've got this pal who lives in Northern California, and he's got the exact same car, and we used to race together. And I told him about it. So he and his oh. wife will start in the north, and, and we'll start in the south, and we'll meet in the middle, and we'll have a great weekend. Wow! And I thought, I thought fantastic. We're going to have our first two entries. This is great, mm-hmm. and I hope that it'll happen. And then right. right before he got off the phone, he said to me, and by the way, I've got Parkinson's. And my heart wow. just just leapt. It was a combination of tears in my eyes and, and my heart leaping and saying, you know what? I, I can't fail. Wow. I've, got, I've got something over me that is giving me a sign yeah. saying we need to succeed right. because you know, this guy's got the cause in mind, and I've got to help him, and mm-hmm. he's coming with my favorite car, and mm. he's even bringing another entry. Oh, my and, gosh. And he, he was just an amazing gentleman. His name was Dick Cup, and he not only came, he came the first few years mm. as long as he could until the Parkinson's really took hold of him. Wow. But that first year, he, he actually won our first Spirit of Drive Tour de Cure Award, Oh. And, um, and he's been a real inspiration for me. And unfortunately, this past January, he passed away. Oh, really? But oh. I, I think what what we may do in the future is is rename our award and, and use his name in it so we can honor him. Because oh. if it weren't for him, I don't think I would have really had the optimism and the inspiration to keep going. Wow. And and, and that first drive was a success. We sold out with 36 cars, huh. and it was our California Adventure Program. And from there, we went to the southeast, and we did a great southern adventure that went from Asheville to Atlanta and drove over the Blue Ridge Mountains and through oh the Tale of the Dragon and then we've come back to California a few times, and and done a few other programs, and so it's been it's been special. And and hopefully next year our goal is to uh, we had to take a pause because mm-hmm. of COVID, right? But uh, we're we're hoping that next year we'll do a Northeast fall foliage tour, and and we'll get that going.
0: That's so, amazing! Wow! Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story, especially about that, you know, about that gentleman. That's really really beautiful. Oh my gosh! That he just, you know, that one phone call. Kind of changed it for for you and and this and this drive. That's pretty that's pretty amazing. That's really you know cool.
1: it's, it's serendipitous how mm. you meet people because you know just through the initial programs I was doing as a volunteer, um, I met at the time they were giving money to the Parkinson's Institute up in Northern California, mm-hmm. and I got to meet a lot of people through there as well. And one of the folks I met is now on my board. It's a, gen- it's a gentleman by the name of Derek Torrey. And Derek is also a wonder because um, he happens to have early onset Parkinson's mm. and he's in his late 40s, but he's wow. a real trooper.
0: 40s, he's wow. a guy
1: who, who is a real community-minded individual. He gives a lot to the Boy Scouts. He does a lot with his son. And one of the things that they excuse me they do together is something called Pass to Pass, which is a hiking program. He's a big hiker. Mm -hmm. And they do anywhere from 60 to 100 miles a year hiking. And all that money goes to a Parkinson's organization as well. And when I first met Derek, he wanted to get to know me Mm -hmm. and learn what I wanted to do for Drive Toward a Cure. Mm -hmm. At that point, we were really nothing but a vision. And we sat down and had lunch, and he said, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Mm -hmm. And I said, I want to be a 501c3. I want it to be real. Mm -hmm. I want people to know who we are and believe in us. And he said, well, to do that, you know, you've got to do it officially, and it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And I said, I know, I know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how to go that route. And he said, well, you know, I've got a guy who, who is a CPA, and I think he can help you because he's been on the board with me and helped me as an advocate and lobby." a lot of, you know, different organizations to help get them started. And he said, and as a matter of fact, his office is in the building right (laughs) by where we're having lunch. Let's just say hello. So we walked up to his office and he introduced me to Mike and Mike said, are are you going to work with Derek? And I said, and I looked at Derek Uh. and he nodded his head. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, "Well, in that case, I'm going to help you get your 501c3." Wow! And he did it as a donation, and that saved me four thousand oh dollars right gosh. there. And and so it takes a village, you know. Yeah. You meet people across the board, and 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 now we're in the position where we can give back.
0: That's amazing,
1: and, and that's a really wonderful feeling.
0: That's really amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's really wonderful. Oh my gosh. Um. So, is there someone? Okay, so. Let's go back to something else. So in 2016, a Drive Towards a Cure raised so far $400,000 for Parkinson's disease, right? And in 2000 well, since, since, since
1: 2016, that, we've since, raised actually over half a million.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then in 2018, I mean that's amazing first of all, but in 2018 Drive Towards a Cure created The California Wildfire Grant Fund. So what was the purpose of that fund? Uh, Well, in in
1: 2018, we had some horrific and devastating fires in California. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. It was up in the town of Paradise. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the beginning of when all these horrific elements started happening.
2: Mm.
1: And we immediately said, you know, I mean, that particular fire really caught our attention because there were a lot of people that became homeless. Mm. It was not a wealthy community where it happened. It was a lot of campgrounds. It was just problematic across the board and it was very long lasting until it finally was, was, was finished. Mm -hmm. And we immediately said, you know, how can we help? And we established our own California wildfire grant fund. Mm
2: -hmm. And that
1: was a means for people with Parkinson's that resided there to apply to us and say, we need a little bit of help. Now we didn't have tons of money to give to individuals, but Mm -hmm. we could help some. Mm -hmm. And, and there were some that applied to us. One woman, we were able to help give her a small down payment for her, uh, for a new trailer. Oh, wow. And, and we were able to help another with some money to, to get their medical supplies underway because they were all taken away and, and they couldn't get through everything fast enough. Mm -hmm. So, so we did what we could, mm-hmm. but, but the beautiful part about that is not just what we did for those individuals. We, we took it one step further and we decided that, you know, there are, there are problems all over the country. Mm-hmm. They're not just in California. We can't just have something that's geographic. Right. We, we want to be nationally regarded. So we created our own special assistance fund. Mm-hmm. So if there were things like tornadoes and hurricanes or other reasons that people needed help. We wanted to be there. Mm. And so we have our own special assistance fund that people can donate to. And then we've gone one step further, and we've also created an access to care fund. And through that, we've teamed up with the Parkinson's Foundation, where we have aligned with currently seven, and hopefully it will grow, but seven different centers of excellence throughout the United States that are specifically for Parkinson's. And we give a portion of money to those. And this past year we did individual localized drives since Mm -hmm. we couldn't do our, our main multi-day one. We reached out to clubs and organizations and groups in the areas where these, these uh, facilities are, and they did their own localized socially distant program Mm. where they could raise, you know, several thousand dollars a piece that we could give to those individual groups. And so that's become something that will now start growing And in fact, this this past weekend, Mm -hmm. we were involved with the Muhammad Ali um, Parkinson's Center, which is in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be contributing $12,000 to them. That was raised through both a drive that was held along with the Taste of Motorsports event, which we became a beneficiary for, and through an auction that Taste of Motorsports held during a preview VIP charity evening this past Saturday night. Wow. So we took the money that was raised and those two things mm-hmm. and we matched it. So we're going to be giving the Muhammad Ali Center $12,000 for our involvement there.
0: That's incredible.
1: So, you know, it's not tons of money, but uh-huh. it's a good portion and, and it keeps us on the map. Yeah. And our goal is to keep going. Uh, and with Taste of Motorsports, we're doing three events this year. One will be in August up in Portland and one will be in September up in uh, Sonoma in California. Mm. So hopefully we'll be equally as successful in those venues.
0: Wow. I mean, do you think during the pandemic has your fundraising, um, you just found different ways to actually raise these funds and then get it to be um, distributed?
1: Yeah. Um, For us, we had to pivot, definitely, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, because we were, we were, We were so hopeful at the beginning of 2020 of actually starting new programs. In addition to our multi-day ones, we were going to be doing these getaway weekends. Mm
2: -hmm. We had a
1: bourbon trail getaway scheduled in Kentucky, and we had to cancel that. We canceled our original fall foliage tour, but it was the local chapters that helped us. We also did two virtual programs we had a virtual wine tasting with oh, Adobe road cool. winery Wow! and yeah. And, um, the entertainer who's a friend of mine, Vanessa Williams was mm. kind enough to come on board for that. And we were able to have a nice Q and a with her. And thanks to her being a part of it, we had over a hundred people that participated in a virtual zoom wine tasting wow. and we raised a lot of money there. Uh-huh. We did another virtual event that we called up close and personal Stories of Automotive Legends, mm-hmm. or actually Untold Stories of Automotive Legends. Mm-hmm. And we had Derek Hill, who is the racer and son of uh, Phil Hill, who no. I spoke to you about originally. Yes. Uh-huh. And we also had um, the acclaimed woman racer um, champion, uh, Lynn St. James, was on with us. And another well-known woman in automotive, uh, Jean, Jean Lindemode excuse me, that was her maiden name, Jean Jennings. Mm-hmm. Um, was on with us and we did a, a great session um, with things that people didn't know about and Maserati was involved with it and, uh, and also Haggerty Insurance was a big sponsor for us. So we had we had a very good showing on that to raise a lot of money and we did a little auction with it where we put out some artwork. Um, there's a gentleman by the name of Paul Chenard who has been with us God, he's been with me since the beginning of my involvement with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. So now over a decade he's a he's an automotive illustrator who lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia and we sell a great deal of his artwork on our on our website and he also contributes every year and in fact, he does the drawing for what we frame and create as our spirit of drive toward a cure award. And mm-hmm. um, so we again, it takes a village you yeah. know we get a lot of people involved that are willing to donate items for our auctions and to get involved. So it's, it's really been quite
0: nice. And it's been busy, e- even with the pandemic. That's it great. has.
1: And, and, <laughs> and, and you asked if it, if it helped us during, during, the, uh, during the COVID time. Mm-hmm. And yes, I mean, our impact at the end of 2020 was $160,000 wow. that we gave out. And so, and some of that was through doing it on Giving Tuesday, where you know you oh, can get some course. matching funds. Yep, mm-hmm. so that helps too. Mm-hmm. But it allowed us to to stay successful, and and that was pretty wonderful.
0: That's really incredible. I love that. I love that, even, you know, even while in a pandemic, you're able to um, raise funds for such a worthy cause, and 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 find ways that are. Not necessarily the regular know, yeah, normal way, but you know, out of that, you, you were really able to just um, be able to still give, give funds and, and be able to help out people. That's amazing. Exactly. That's really very awesome. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so who would you give credit to, to where you are now? If you could find, if you could think of one or two people.
1: Well, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I'd have to say my mom Mm -hmm. because she always taught me to be positive and to think of the Mm possibilities. And, um, you know, and and what I'm doing on the philanthropic side is really all because of her. Mm -hmm. You know, I I look at the challenges that she had, especially the needs for patient care. I mean, there's so many needs for so many charities out there and Mm -hmm. so many things. You can't always limit yourself to just one. But by focusing on this, you know, we give a lot of money to Michael J. Fox Foundation, and he's amazing and mm-hmm. what he's done and what he's created and his own personal challenges. Mm-hmm. But but the bottom line is, is that they do a lot for research, and, okay. and I will never stop giving for research because I do want to find a cure. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I, I don't necessarily believe that there will be one cure during my lifetime, mm. and I worry for the people that are challenged right now. Yeah. So I want to give to those that need patient care. And that's really the reason why we established the Access to Care Fund. Mm-hmm. I know the challenges that my mom faced and what so many people do on a daily basis and how it takes more than hope. It takes it takes so much for each person just to get out of bed, to be happy, to find things. And and that's why, you know, guys like Derek Tory are inspirations because with what he faces you know he exercises every day and Mm -hmm. he's got a family and he goes out and he hikes and he's got a smile on his face and and he brings it out there and and so many people that we can help just through inspiration and through money is -hmm. is really what it takes so you know I I think that's what's motivating for
0: me yeah that's what drives you (laughs) to coin coin the pun yeah oh wow that's what drives you to keep going that's amazing so okay, I saw that you have a video series titled "Conversations for a Cause." Can you tell me what inspired that series? I mean, it's it's I, from what I saw, it's really cool to see these beautiful cars and the story behind the people who who own these cars. But what what was the underlying cause for this series?
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you for asking that. Um, we started doing uh, Conversations for a Cause over Thanksgiving weekend and um, before that, and, and as you had alluded to how we pivoted during COVID,
2: mm-hmm. with,
1: with some of these um, ways to go get uh, associated with these centers of excellence, we had reached out to the local car communities and, and got these drives going in areas like Atlanta and, and Portland and, and San Diego and, and Texas. And we have another center that's on the East Coast that we wanted to support. But by the time we got the folks interested in doing it, it was already November and late time frame. And to plan a drive, we were a little bit hesitant, you know, based on weather conditions. and, And of course, with COVID being so strong during that time, it was difficult. So we had to think about... You know, how do we do things that are politically correct? How do we do things that are safe? Mm-hmm. And how do we inspire those to continue our mantra of cars and camaraderie? And the idea came from one of our our brand ambassadors, Jeffy Hoden, who I've worked with for as a colleague in my days with Ferrari and Maserati, and we've stayed friends, and and he's remained a part of Drive Toward a Cure. Mm-hmm. And he lives on the East Coast, and and together we thought, I mean, what if we were to ask car collectors to come out and, um, and for a nice donation, talk about their cars mm-hmm. and showcase one of their cars and we can do some conversations for a cause. Mm-hmm. And, um, and through that, we were able to um, elicit one specific day, which happened to be over Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the folks from Car Culture TV mm-hmm. decided that they would help support us and they donated their time and their video
2: mm-hmm.
1: and their ability to create the content. And Alexander Davides came out along with Jeff and, um, and Evan Fairbanks and the guys from DuPont Motoring. And we got some sponsors in Haggerty and, and Mother's Polish and some other people to, to be a part of that day. And then an individual um, vintage car owners signed up to come in to David Porter's garage in, in Connecticut and talk about their cars.
2: Wow. And so we
1: drove in one car at a time uh-huh. and we filmed them and, and we're creating this little video vignette series that has um, not just raised funds through the sponsors and through the individuals that participated, but uh, those that are viewing them mm-hmm. on social media and on YouTube mm-hmm. have also been kind enough to make some donations as well. Oh, so it's been it's been a way to spread the word to yeah. get people to know about drive toward a cure, uh-huh. to keep cars and camaraderie on the forefront and to really share with people what people love, which is the bond of cars.
2: Mm. And
1: and it's really fun. I mean, the one that we introduced today, the, the gentleman Mark Furman talks about how when he was a little boy, he went with his dad. Yes, I, you know. I saw that one. Yeah,
0: it was, really it was so cool. wonderful. You know, he his
1: his dad took him when he was going to buy an old Chrysler. Well, a <laughs> yeah. new a new car for him. Right. And the right. dealer was so lovely. The yeah. dealer said to this little seven year old boy, who brought his pity, piggy piggy uh-huh, bank with uh-huh. him to go help his dad buy yeah. a car. How much money do you have? Right. And the kid you know started to take out his money and the man said well that's enough that's that's, that's awesome. all you need i love that and he thought that he owned that car yeah. and and, <laughs> and that was how he got into liking cars and and the car that he spoke about today has been in his possession this maserati ghibli for 46 years Yeah, he said and that. he restored it and he you know and and that's just one example of yeah. of the people that have been a part of it for us
2: wow so
1: it's 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 wonderful, and, yeah. and hopefully we'll take that on because Conversations for a Cause has a great meaning across the board, mm-hmm. and, and we're actually going down to Kentucky oh. uh, in April, oh, cool. which is the beginning, of, uh, it's the beginning of Parkinson's Awareness Month. Yep. And the NCM Motorsports Parkway, uh, excuse me, NCM Motorsports Park is a racetrack mm-hmm. in, 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 uh, in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And every year they do an annual open touring laps day for us where anybody can come out and drive on the track, hmm. and we've got a champion racer, uh, Andy Pilgrim, who's going to do a lunch and learn session, and people can learn more. They can drive their car on track, and they can also pay a really big donation hmm. and get to drive the new Corvette C8 on track as well. And um, and with that, you know, it, it, it kicks off a lot of things, and we're going to be videoing down there. We'll do a few more conversations, and, hmm. and we just want people to – to say what they love about cars, Mm
2: -hmm. because
1: it's a bond we all have. I mean, even people not in the car community, I bet, Tess, tell me, Mm. you know, what's the first car you ever drove or or ever noticed? Oh, I'm sure there's some nostalgia
0: there. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it was a Corvette. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) oh, it was like, yeah, I don't know what it was, but I, I definitely, like, I love Corvettes, and just mm-hmm. the look of it. I mean, I don't know anything about cars, the insides of cars, but in terms of the way it looked, I definitely was into Corvettes. Um, and I actually, I didn't get to, I've never driven one. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, well, we can work that out. For you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be wonderful. That would be amazing. Um, but yeah, you know, just I, I guess the lines, the lines of, of that car is just, gorgeous and I'm like and every time I've seen it like on the road I'm like ooh, okay (laughs) it's like it's a great it's a great looking car Um, but I love I love that you have you know taken these people's love of cars and and made it into a, a series because like you said like everybody has everybody has cars and at some point or another, they, they definitely had their own choice of what cars they would love to be in and then talk about it and, and, like, you know, just the history behind it and why why were they attracted to that car and then the love of, of just being able to talk about it. It's really awesome. I love that. I love conversations. Oh, thank for a you. Cause. And, and you have a cause behind it, so it's really so much more meaningful, you know, when you talk about it. That's really awesome. So thank you, I I can't wait to like, you know, watch more of that because I just saw one and he really like he was like you said, he was lovely. And I'm like, oh, how cool. I love the story behind it. You know, I always love stories behind that.
1: Well, I'll tell you, we've got it's a a video vignette series. We're going to be doing a total of nine of them. And this was number five. Uh So go to our website at drivetowardacure.org and check out Conversations for a Cause. And you you can see the first four.
0: Mm -hmm. And we've
1: also got a YouTube channel, so you can see it on there as well.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Okay, so, I mean, you have a lot on your plate. So, um, But given all that, is there anything you haven't done that you would like to do?
1: Oh, my gosh. There's a (laughs) lot of things I haven't done that I'd like to do. (laughs) I'd like to travel more. I'd Mm -hmm. like to... You know, I'd I'd like to parasail, I'd like to do a lot of things.
2: Mm.
1: You know, but um I think I think it really comes down to just all of us being able to get out and just experience life, you mm-hmm. know?
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: I think the biggest things that we can do for one another are to stay positive and to stay optimistic and to be kind to people. Mm. You know, you never know what challenges people are facing behind their smile or their frown. Right. And and you never know what else is going on. And, yeah. and I think the more open we are to meeting people, that's, that's really where all my opportunities have come from. Mm. It's come from the ability to, to meet different people. I mean, through my work, through this, that mm-hmm. have taken me places that I've been so fortunate and I could have never imagined being a part of.
0: Mm.
1: So it, it's really crucial that, 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 you know, that no matter where we are, we mm-hmm. stay
0: open. That's great. And do you have any personal goals? Um, I, I think I think the biggest one, which I've said since I was a
1: kid, is just to be happy. Hmm. You know, that's that's my biggest goal in life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, and I think you know everybody wakes up every day with a choice. And yeah. it's funny because even even on my phone, I've got a screen. My screen lock says I choose to be happy.
2: Oh, I love and,
1: that. And I think if. If people think about things like that, it makes your day better. It makes everybody you come in contact with better. Mm -hmm. And I think it it helps you get your visions to reality. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think I I couldn't have done it with Drive Toward a Cure if I didn't have that mindset. I couldn't have done it in my work realm. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it in the car community among my friends.
0: It's Mm -hmm. just
1: just a way to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that. And what is your goal for a Drive Toward a Cure for your foundation?
1: I think just to keep growing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd really love to see us get to a point where we can someday even have employees, you know, where we can have a real team that goes beyond volunteers that can really keep it out there and growing larger. I mean, right now we're working with seven, ed- centers, <laughs> seven centers of excellence throughout the country. Yeah. I'd love to take us global. I'd love us to to really become well-known because, you know, through my profession, I've gotten to know so many car people around the world, and there's so many events and things that happen. If we can get plugged in and tuned in with people, we can just keep growing, and that's, that's really what I'd like to do.
0: That's awesome. Wow. Okay, and where do you think you see yourself in five years?
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm, I'm a car person at heart, mm-hmm. and I love, I love to drive. Mm-hmm. And I think I would just love to be, God, if, if one day I can own a barn, <laughs> so I could just really? store a couple of my cars, oh, and wow. I, could, I could do photography, and mm. I could work on my charity, work on my work, and, and just drive anywhere every day. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like to continue doing.
0: Wow. That's wild. I love that. That's very cool. Okay, and so uh, given what you're going through right, with all of the stuff you're doing now, how can anyone um, find out more about Drive Towards a Cure? Uh, easiest
1: way is our website, and it's just drivetowardacure.org, O-R-G. Mm-hmm. And, and if you kind of navigate through there, you'll find current events, past events, things that we have interest in, and ways to donate. Most right. important ways to donate. <laughs> yeah,
0: great. That's awesome. And is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners? Um, just thank
1: you, Tess. I, I appreciate you reaching out to me and, and allowing me to, uh, to come on your show and learn a little bit more and share a little bit more. So thanks.
0: Oh, I appreciate you coming on as well. But I have one last question. So if you had, if you had one thing to change that you'd like to change, or actually what would you tell your younger self if you could go back in time
1: oh wow my gosh what <laughs> would i tell my younger self um i think i think that um for me it's about you know keeping balanced i uh, i i in my later years i got into yoga mm-hmm. and um and i went on a my very first yoga retreat where they talked a lot about, you know, kind of your mind versus your intellect.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: there are so many things in our life that we go forward doing emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, and we start thinking that that's how we have to solve everything. But our intellect will tell us there's another way to do it. So I think if I, if I uh, had to talk to my younger self, I'd say be a little bit more balanced and, and try to be a little bit more thoughtful and not just go with your gut so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of think things through. But but I'd also say, take the time to enjoy your emotions and not not fall short of being you know um, you know kind of quick on the draw and, and, and going to run out and do something that's fun and exciting you know take advantage of that too so find that balance so that you can stay happy
0: Wow thank you that's beautiful well, Deb, thank you so much for spending some time with me and I look forward to you know, watching more of Conversations for a Cause and finding out more about your events. And who knows, hopefully one day I'll get to, uh, <laughs> I'll get to see that in that action. Corvette. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love that. But thank you so well, much. Thank for you, podcast.
1: Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Thank oh you so much. Oh, my gosh,
0: I appreciate you coming on and spending some time. And I look forward to hearing more about um, Drive Toward a Cure. So have a good one, thank and you. I'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Deb Pollock and Drive Toward a Cure on Revwoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Women on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash